Welcome to the GARcast with Cindy Bear, partner with GAR Associates, now celebrating 60 years of providing local governments with unparalleled real estate appraisal consulting. Cindy has been supporting towns and cities across New York State for more than 30 years. The GARcast provides New York property owners with important information about the real property assessment process. And now, here's Cindy. Welcome to the GARcast. Today, we're speaking with Town of Lancaster Assessor Becky Baker. Becky has been an assessor for 16 years, and prior to that, she was working in the assessment office for five years. She is the current assessor in Lancaster and formerly of the town of Newstead in Erie County, New York. Becky, thanks for coming today. We're going to talk today a little bit about how you've created a nice, open, and transparent communication program within your office um, for the property owners. I know it started in Newstead, but you've carried it over to Lancaster, and um, it's really, I've seen it firsthand, so I, I know and I've been involved in some PR things with you over the years, and you just have a really nice way of taking, you know, this complicated process of assessment and all of its aspects and being able to communicate it to the public very nicely. So one of the first things I remember about Becky's approach to communicating with property owners was creating what um, a routine update that she submitted into her local paper. And I think it started in Newstead. Is that correct, Becky? Yes, it did. Yeah. And can you give us a little idea how this started and what topics, you know, you published initially and how it evolved? Sure. Uh, first of all, thanks. Thanks for having me. Um, I find this to be a very important topic and I'm happy that I get to discuss this with you. Um, going back into Newstead, that is where I first became the assessor. So my first reveal was, um, quite frankly, a little scary. And when I was listening all those years beforehand to some of the comments that the residents and property owners were making, I think I kind of seen a pattern about some of their frustration and, you know, sometimes downright anger, all that kind of stemmed from not really understanding and sometimes not even knowing the questions that they should be asking. This process, like you yourself said, is very complex. It's not a matter of here's my assessment and the lower my assessment, the lower my taxes. That's what people believe. Um, people nowadays too are, are very leery of the government. And I think that there's this underlying sense of like, you're trying to, I don't know if secrets are the right word, but you're just not as transparent and all of those kinds of things. So when the reval happened, what I tried to do was um, every week I put an article in the paper. I called it taxes, taxes, taxes. I just thought that had a cute little ring and I thought that would get people's attention. So um, what we did initially was um, I put it out there for people to um, like send me questions. What is it you don't get? What is it you're mad about? What is it you don't like? What, you know, all this kind of stuff. And honestly, the topics were so varied. They were from how budgets are created. Um, I got some information from the supervisor's office. Then there was, um, you know, some people would call sometimes and think that 
they're paying more than they really were because they didn't understand all those lines on your tax bill and what all those numbers mean. So that was a topic once where we explained all the different lines, terms and definitions, people use assessments and taxes interchangeably and you know, that gets confusing. We, we did a session on timeline, like my timeline, you know, and why is it that when I, you know, file for an exemption in July, I have to wait until the next, like a whole year and a half before that takes effect. So timelines and deadlines and special district and all these kinds of topics. And, um, you know, it's interesting because when you understand something, it sometimes is sometimes it's very difficult to explain to others. I think we leave out a lot of steps. So I wrote these articles and then I handed them to my friends, nobody that works in the town hall, just regular property owners and said, if you were to read this, what does this mean to you? And then um, a lot of times, you know, they were, they were pretty, pretty good, but there were a bunch of times, quite frankly, where, you know, I got it wrong and needed to revise them so that they were in layman's terms. So the average person can understand, you know, could understand that. So I got a lot of really good feedback and I have shared that with many a people. I probably could have written a book on, on that, you know what I mean? And we now have those same articles um, on our website. And yeah, when, I just hope to keep doing it. When you brought that concept over to Lancaster, you know, did the supervisor and the board, you know, embrace that? Did they think that was a good idea? Were they, you know, a little skeptical about you putting these in the in the local paper in Lancaster. I know it went over very well in, in Newstead, but how did how did the leadership in Lancaster feel about those? Um, I don't I don't know that it was a direct conversation about that, but when I first started here, I told them that it was one of my missions is to, you know, I hate to use the word educate really because then people think, oh, I'm uneducated, you know, kind of, yeah. But uh, just to bring a better understanding. So this was one of the ways that, you know, I did that and they were all for that. I mean, I can't say it enough times, but the more people understand, it isn't just better for them. It's even, it's better for us. It's better for everybody Absolutely. when, when people get this whole, this whole topic. Absolutely. Um, you recently completed a townwide reassessment in Lancaster in 2020 and, you know, these projects are stressful on their own, but complicated to this was obviously the pandemic. And tell us how you handled that process with the property owners and what made you push forward while you other communities decided to put the brakes on last year and you guys persevered? Well, um, yeah, the reveal during the pandemic. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably... I'm, I'm going to go right out there and say it's probably one of the hardest decisions, quite frankly, because I feel like going forward, half the community, half the property owners were going to be angry and not going forward would create pretty much the same feeling with the other half of the of the community and property. And when I say half, I mean those whose assessments went up and those whose assessments went down. That's really what it is. So taking that into consideration and nothing else, um, our, at the timing of all of this, our notices had already been mailed. 
So you as a property owner received a notice telling you whether or not your assessment was going to go up or whether it was going to go down. And my feeling truly is that doing a reval is all about fairness. I know people out there think it's just another way to, you know, to get more money, more tax dollars, but it, it really is all about fairness. And um, I know I Dave Morano is big about using the pie and explaining your share of the pie and all, all of that. So if, if, I, if I kept that in the back of my head, like what is the fairest thing to do? It, it really is moving forward. How can you tell somebody that, yeah, your assessment really should be lower, but you know, you're just gonna keep paying more like you have been for the few, you know, last few years. That just seemed very, very, very unfair to me. And on top of that, um, really probably 90% of the project was complete. As you know, you know, you guys were our, our contractors and all that work that was done was paid for. And it really would have been a waste of, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's not as simple as stop and we'll pick up and use those same numbers whenever we can. It, it would have had to have been a whole another year of um, analyzing sales. You know, any new construction would have had to have been caught again. I mean, really, you're basically starting over. So on top of the fairness factor, which was first and foremost, you know, who wants to waste hundreds of thousands of dollars, especially in the time of a pandemic? So the, the idea was to go forward. How, and pardon me? Um, how, did, um, how did you convince your town board and, and your staff that this really was the best thing to do, as challenging as it was going to be for you and your staff to finish this um, with the town hall being locked down and you know, um, doing everything over the phone. And I know that you spent a lot of time, you know, after hours and, and your staff did, you know, working tireless, tirelessly to get this completed. Um, tell us a little bit about that and how that process worked out and how the property owners, how they received that. Well, um, my starting with my staff, who I cannot say enough about, um, they were wonderful through this whole thing. Cause like you said, there was a lot of extra hours and steps and all that kind of stuff that needed to be done, but they own property in the town of Lancaster. And as property owners, they felt that it was the right thing to do for one thing. And I can honestly say that all three of them had huge increases. So it wasn't a matter of, ooh, mine's going down, let's do this. Um, the town board, it really wasn't a hard sell. You know, again, who wants to waste all that money? That's one topic. But also we talked a little bit about, and when I, when you and I both talk about how complicated this is, your assessments and your town-wide total taxable value and equalization rates, which are based on assessments, all of that affects way more than individual people and their taxes. You know, there's bond rates, there's sales tax percentages, there's exemption amounts, there's all these other factors. And really all I did was present them with the information. And um, yeah, it really wasn't a hard sell. They were very, very good. Um, the supervisor, kudos to him. 
he offered the recreation department who at that time was unable to, you know, do whatever they do every day. Um, he had them driving around to residents' homes, picking up forms for this, you know, especially the elderly who couldn't or were scared to, you know, all of that um, to come and drop their information off. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was very um, innovative of yes. to really reach out to these individuals and, and say, we're going to come, we'll knock on your door, leave it on the porch, you know, if they didn't want to interact with them. I know you had a drop box outside of town hall where people could drop things off, they could mail them in, they could email them to you. Uh, so you gave them a lot of avenues. And you really... I even, I even gave them my personal cell phone for those who, um, <laughs> who yeah. didn't know how to um, email me photos. They took the pictures on their, you know, everybody has a cell phone and then texted me their photos, you know, so even, yeah, I really, I mean, thank God for technology, because quite frankly, without it, it would, you know, you wouldn't have been able to pull that off. We're speaking today with um, Becky Baker, the town of Lancaster assessor, and we're talking about a solid communication plan that she has has developed and put together and strives for with, with herself and her staff. Um, let's talk about when a property owner does approach you, whether on the phone or in person, and they're very agitated, upset about something. How do you work with them? How do you, how do you, you know, bring them down off that ledge, so to speak? Um, well, I picture my dad <laughs> who, you know, is no longer with us, but he used to be, I think, I think he could have been one of those people that, that go there and, and, you know, get a little hot headed and stuff. But again, the majority of that really comes from a lack of understanding. So I remain calm, always calm. You know, I think in order to be the assessor, you, you have to have a certain personality. Um, so that's one thing. Um, and then it's all about, okay, so, so what is your problem? What, what is it that brings you here, here? Because really many times, you know, all they want to talk about is my taxes are too high. And as much as I understand that that is, you know, the bottom line, that's what everybody truly is worried about. That's not something that I can, I have any direct control over, you know? So, okay, so you're telling me you're mad because your taxes are too high. Well, why, why are they what they are? You know, let's let's pull up your tax bill. Let's let's take a look. Oh yeah, your assessment went up. Okay, well, you know, let's check. Do we have your inventory correct? Is that you know? Because sometimes, I mean, we're all human, and quite frankly, computers sometimes have a glitch. You know, I don't like to blame it on that kind of stuff, but it does happen. So we we review all that kind of stuff. Then we look at you know, do you have exemptions? Is there anything we can do to help you? bring that number down in any way. You know, exemptions are such that I think pretty much by now everybody knows about the star exemption, you know, but that's a whole nother topic because, you know, things are all askew with that in the state, you know, whatever. Um, but there are other exemptions that are available. So then we try, I try to offer, you know, that as an alternative. And then I say, well, you know, here's how we came up with your number. And I show them. A lot of times, you know, by the time they leave, they're not happy, but they're no longer agitated because I think they see that, you know, I'm not just throwing a, a dart at the wall and picking out the, the number comes from facts. And I mean, you're not always going to make everybody, you know, but that's how we approach it. That's approach. Um, 
you and your staff deal with speaking of exemptions a lot of property exemptions and how do you communicate those besides a one-on-one -on -one conversation you know do you do a direct mailing do you do phone calling i know with your senior uh seniors you do you know follow up with them if they haven't renewed but just in general i mean is do you reach out just to let people know other than you know your your articles that go in your local paper do you do you supply the senior center in lancaster with information on exemptions or you know is there a do you do anything a little bit extra so that they can have this information available to them yeah um as technology increases you would think this this would get easier but honestly it's getting more difficult to get exemption information to people because I don't know who the veteran is. I don't know who's turning 65. I don't know who's gotten sick or been in a car accident and is now disabled. So really the only way to do that is to target the town as a whole. And I mean, the stuff is on the website, you know, the typical, typical types of things. But as a property owner, if you don't know that now that you're 65, something's available, or you don't know, oh my gosh, you know, I'm 100% disabled, there's, there's stuff out there for me. They don't know to come to us. So we, we do struggle with this. Um, you know, there's all the social media, which the town as a whole is, I, I'm, I'm gonna, yeah, probably reluctant a little bit to create that kind of information. And then the people that typically benefit from these exemptions, your seniors, the disabled, um, even the veterans, some are, are older, typically, and social media is, is not their thing. You know, so um, it's every opportunity, every phone call that comes in, even if that's not what they called for, we, as a, you know, as much as we say, good morning, we leave by saying, are you, you know, these are the exemptions. Is this something? So there is, there is that, but I am constantly looking for ways to, to improve that. As far as renewing exemptions to make sure that, you know, nobody misses out probably about two, two and a half weeks before the deadline, which is March 1st, um, we make phone calls. You know, that we can run a report of all those who have had it last year and have not renewed mm -hmm. and, um, you know, reach out to them. It's like, you know, have you moved? Are you not here? Are you? Yeah. Make sure you don't. Yeah. And a lot of people, honestly, I had a couple, few ladies that I can think of who came in uh, in tears. Oh, my God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, so that makes you feel good. <laughs> it makes the effort worthwhile. It absolutely does. Um, speaking about the star exemption, and I know there's a lot of minutia with it and clearly not, you know, going to get into all the steps of it, but can you just kind of go through, summarize for the, you know, what has gone on with the star exemption? And I don't think folks realize that you really aren't processing them like you used to. Now the state's taking that over. So just kind of a gen, you know, an overview, not, not to get too involved, but, and for more information, obviously they can, they can reach out to you or their local assessor, but just kind of in general, what's kind of gone on with the STAR exemption? Well, it started out as just that, an exemption, meaning it was a reduction in your tax bill. And then over the years, and I can't really speak to as to why this was done, 
But in 2015, uh, they passed a law that said anybody who purchased their home after that would no longer be getting an exemption through your assessor's office. It is now a credit slash check program through the state. The dollar amounts are the same, so you're not out anything, but you now get a full tax bill and then you get a check, which is supposed to get to you before October 15th. Um, which is the due date for school bills that you can then use to help pay for your taxes. That's kind of the, the gist of it. And um, I'm not sure if it's every year, but it seems like every year there's a little, you know, another little change. So then it was, okay, not only all those people, but the people who, whose income is over 250,000 um, for the basic star, um, they now are getting a check instead of, you know, so each year we're making, I think the goal is to just, you know, take the whole program into the, into the check, you know, process. Yeah. yeah. So you really don't take any more star exemptions in the office? Not brand new stars. No, they have to contact the state and that's either, you know, on the website or there's a phone number if you prefer. We do help with those who currently have a star exemption, a basic star exemption, who are turning 65 and need to upgrade that to the enhanced if their income makes them eligible. But pretty much anything else is done through the state. And unfortunately, if you have a question or if something goes wrong, we don't have access. I can't even look it up for you. You literally have to contact the state. There's nothing we can do. And that that's unfortunate because I, I know that the assessors across the state have worked so hard over the years to develop the process and, and procedures and record keeping and, and, and develop the relationship with the property owners to help them through this. And it, I know that was very painful when they started with call the 518 number, it wasn't even an 800 number, to and have a senior talk to somebody, it was difficult. And you and you know, like you said, you'd love to have helped them, but you're, you really couldn't, you couldn't even, you couldn't even pick up the phone. No, and honestly, that was another avenue when a new property owner, somebody bought a house in the town of Lancaster, you know, they came in and applied for their star. It was another opportunity to um, give them our information. Here are the exemptions we offer. Here's the deadlines we have here. You know, now what we do is when somebody buys a home and we get record of that, we do send out, you know, I call it like a welcome letter. So we are reaching those, but there's just no substitute for in-person, you know. What I would like to tell people is anytime you get anything that has an assessor's office, you know, return address, you need to open it. It's too expensive to send out junk mail. We don't do that. They are important. So that's a, that's a really good point. That's a very, very good point. Um, uh, switching gears a little bit, I understand that, you know, not only because of reassessment projects, but also just exemption issues, um, you know, building in the town, condominiums, whatever. Um, you have to deal with the press from time to time. And what approach have you found to work best so that you get the correct information to that, you know, reporter that's, that's interviewing you or asking you for some information? Well, early in my career, I'd say I didn't have such a good experience. And I've, I've found that, you know, the media likes a lot of controversial topics. It gets readers reading, I guess. 
So quite frankly, um, I just laid down the law. I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but um, when they called during the reveal, you know, she asked if she could interview me. And I said, oh my gosh, I'd be so happy to talk to you. There's so much information that, you know, people can benefit from. I said, however, you have one chance. And, you know, and what I meant by that was if I read what you write and it's not 100% what I said, I won't do an interview again. It's just, it's, it's, I don't, disastrous, quite frankly, to get the wrong information out there. It really is. And the reporter from the Buffalo News who contacted me during this reveal, she was wonderful. You know, not only did she, oh, yeah, 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 but she actually sent me the article before she printed it. So I felt, you know, that that was good. What I needed to say and wanted to communicate made it into the paper. You know, we say that all the time when we work with communities and, and local leadership that, you know, it's such a complicated process and it has to be accurate. The information has to be accurate because as you say, one, one misguided or misinformed piece of information can lead someone down a, a path that, that isn't benef going to benefit them. So it's, that's in a very, very, we always say that please print this because dates, forms, you know, process is, if they miss something because it's not accurate, that's a problem. So yeah. I have to say, you know, if you take that approach, we have found the same thing that it's just too, too important to, to, you know, have misinformation out there. So that's, that's a very, very good point. I'm uh, usually a little more easygoing, but something like that, you, you, you really need to hit the, the point needs to be hit home, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're talking to, to Lancaster Assessor Becky Baker today about communicating with the public and developing a great um, rapport with her property owners and how she keeps information flowing. So we're really, um, this is a great topic. It's very important to, to property owners and I hope for other assessors, it can be very helpful. Um, with the use of social media and these blog type of sites, and you and I have talked about this, um, there are several of them out there and people get really fired up on those sites and they can sometimes be helpful because if you get somebody that's a supporter of what you're doing, um, they will, they will, you know, put a stop to whatever's going on. And, you know, but sometimes there's some wrong information going out there and, and how, how do you handle those sites? I know that, you know, you peek at them from time to time or your staff will keep track of them and just, kind of figure out what people are talking about and how, how do you approach answering somebody on a, on a blog site like that? Generally, I do not comment on those things. I, my experience has taught me that those who are on these sites fired up, as you say, are not interested in listening. And, you know, it's like they, it, it, texting and all that kind of, you know how you, you don't, you, you can, you don't see people's body language. You don't, they can be so misinterpreted when you do that. So I try to stay away from that. I'm not interested in getting into an online argument. I feel like there's no, it's, it's just not a win-win. Nobody, nobody wins, but we do take a look because it's not so much important as to who's all fired up. It's more about is the information accurate, you know, or is somebody starting something that is like 
really, really wrong, like you said, that could be detrimental. These deadlines and stuff are important. So um, I won't do it, but I do have my staff that if we see something that is a factual error, they will, they will correct that. Yeah. That's good. That, that's great advice. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, you've worked with a lot of local leadership, both in Newstead and, and in Lancaster, supervisors, town board members. Do you provide routine department reports, you know, to them? Do you, um, what do you really focus on if you do provide, you know, a quarterly report? I know some assessors do monthly reports, depends on the time of year. Um, do you present them in person or do you just submit them to, to the town board? Um, yeah, I, yeah, I think it's very important for the town board to know what we do in our office, when we do what we do. And, you know, New York state law gives the assessor quite a lot of authority as far as any of this stuff. I mean, there's nobody that, tell, that can tell me, you know, change that assessment or no, I don't want you, you know, that kind of stuff. But my personal opinion is I don't think it's good that one person makes all these decisions that quite frankly affect every single property owner here. So when we have decisions, big ones that need to be made, I ask the town board, you know, we, we discuss it like with the reval, you know, the pros and the cons and the timing of it and the process and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's good to get input and thoughts from other people. Um, you know, people see things from different perspectives. And I think that that is very, very helpful. Um, I wouldn't say that I send reports on our day-to-day -day activity, not much really there, but, you know, I mean, like what, if, what's the total taxable? What are the number of people that are getting exemptions? A few years ago, we were part of the um, census program getting all that. So we talked about that a little bit and what impact that had. And anytime there's a new law or if an exemption changes and there's local options and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I, I do do that. If we have a new board member, um, I like to, after the first couple of weeks, uh, you know, introduce myself. And um, in the last three years, four years, um, I've made, I've had a meeting with them, sat down, I've given them my taxes, taxes, those articles, because I feel they, you know, everybody, most people, unless you're in the assessment office can benefit from reading these things. So that's that, you know, um, open, open door type of thing. Yeah. Great. I know you have a, a, a really nice website. You've done a nice job, you know, putting information on the website. You also have an application that, you know, it's, it's searchable database and it, it, property owners can look up any property, it's public information. Have that, have you noticed over the years that that has become more popular and folks have gone to that website as opposed to picking up the phone or, you know, stopping in to get information on a property that, that has to have helped reduce some of that traffic in your office? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Traffic. Yes. What we, I don't know so much about the phone calls though, because what we get now is not so much asking for that information, but it's asking to explain that information. 
you know, I found this on the website. Well, you know, I found, I found these five houses that are, you know, way cheaper than mine. Why is mine assessed so much higher? And so again, it's a perfect opportunity to explain, you know, well, yeah, but you're, you're not comparing apples to apples, you know, that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of that that goes on, but, you know, as our, I mean, this may sound, I, I don't mean it to sound negative, but as our older people are dying off and you have these younger generation that's brought up with the computer, um, that's their go-to for them. It's, it's nothing strange. I mean, we don't even get printed assessment rolls anymore. We used to get them from the county. Now everything's online. It's just the way it works. Everything electronic. But I got to believe too, some of the younger generation, even if they use the website and they search for, for comparables or other assessments, they would probably still call because they don't understand either. Yes. Yes. What advice could you give a property owner when they are approaching their assessor about a problem or question or how, what would you offer that? You know, when, how would, what would be the best approach for them? You know, if it was an assessment question, an exemption question, is it best to come in? Is it best to call, make an appointment? You know, if it's, what is the best approach for a property owner to, to reach out to the assessor? Um, I actually, I don't know that there's much difference between coming in in person, although now um, we're limiting, you know, that because of the, the pandemic, if the office is open, you just have to call when you get to the door and we let you in kind of thing. I mean, a phone call works just as, just as well. You know, I've been known to be on the phone for almost an hour with somebody, you know, helping them through something. I think what's most important is that they don't stew over something that if, if something doesn't seem right to you, you should give us a call. If nothing else, it may be 100% correct, but at least you'll understand and know that versus letting this thought, con you know, like, oh, I'm being ripped off or, oh, you know, this, that, or the other thing. Mm -hmm. I think it's very important to make a call. Um, I'm, there is no such thing as a dumb question. There really isn't. And I'm happy to discuss any of these things with, with property owners. I think what's, what's challenging too, is, you know, a property owner will say, well, my sister lives in, you know, this town and I live in this town and they, her assessment is $5,000 and my assessment is $250,000. And how, you know, that doesn't seem right. And, you know, and why is her, why are her taxes this and mine this? And, you know, it's very difficult because each municipality has different levels of assessment, different equalization rates, possibly different levels for exemptions, because that's a local option, I know. So that that is very difficult. I don't know if you get as many of those phone calls anymore, but I know that was a big problem. People say, you know, comparing it to another municipality. So would you say that that is, do you hear from folks that way? You know, I know you're adjacent to Alma and that's got a very different, you know, assessing structure there. So, you know, it's, that's a challenge. That's a big challenge. Yeah. And I would say, um, I'd say it's, those calls are less, but still a good portion, you know, 
Yeah, very much so. And on top of that is also the, well, my neighbor said, you know, or, or my friend said, and I would say to those property owners, you know, a phone call can be as little as two minutes. You're probably better off to call our office to get the right information versus listening to, you know, friends and neighbors and, you know, you know, that old thing where one person speaks into a micro uh, in your ear and, you know, kind of by the time it gets to the yeah. yeah. So it's very similar to that. The information is not always what they think it is. Well, I really appreciate your being here today. Is there anything else you'd like to share with with the audience about communicating with the public and um, any other tips or guidance you can give other assessors or other public officials about? I think one of the things and you and I talked about this is um, I find very important if you have a good relationship with your town board and, and, and your supervisor, when you do a big project, you know, having them kind of just direct questions to you as opposed to trying to help. I always try and guide, you know, town boards and supervisors that let the assessor handle it. They have all the information. You want to make sure they get the right information. I, I know that that's a, you know, an important point to you too, but is there any, any other information that the listeners should know about, you know, communicating with your assessor or your staff? Um, I think one, one important thing is that there's a lot of stuff that we have no control over, you know, um, things like deadlines, those are set by the state income limits. Those are the law. They can't be changed. You know, assessments are all based on sales prices, which we have no control over. Property owners determine all of that. So there is a lot of things that basically are what they are. And there's nothing in our office that we can do. But having said that, if there is any way if there is any piece of the puzzle that we can help you with, you know, we truly are more than happy to do that. And I would prefer for a hundred people to call my office than to have one person out there, you know, saying information that's incorrect. I mean, that's what, that's what we're here for. It's an open door policy. There is, I, I just can't say it enough how important it is to communicate. And that actually holds true with the town board. I think that holds true with us assessors amongst ourselves, you know, so that everybody's got the same information. It's true with communicating with the county. I mean, really, it, it's, it's, it's everybody. It's everything. It's all of it. It's one big piece to the, to the whole puzzle. You know, it, I can't stress that enough. I really can't. And I think most assessors statewide, you know, through their county association, through the state association, they really do lean on each other and they do love to exchange information and ideas. Um, it's, it, it's a wonderful community and everybody seems to be there to, to hold each other up and help each other out. And I know you just recently circulated some information about building permits and new construction to the local assessors and they were very appreciative of that. So. Um, we really thank you. It was a pleasure having you on. Uh, appreciate the time. And we look forward to another conversation with Becky Baker from the Town of Lancaster Assessor's Office. Thanks, Becky. Thank you, Cindy. Thanks for doing this. It's great. You You've been listening to the GARCast with Cindy Bear of GAR Associates, committed to a level of performance that enables our clients to meet the needs of their clients. For more information, visit garappraisal.com. 
That's garappraisal.com. And join Cindy Bear for the next edition of the GarCast.